Hello, welcome back to Immature Politics with me, Terry Wang. And me, Cooper Smith. Today we'll be talking about immigration for what uh, episode number is this? I think this is six. We're currently six? on six. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so um, the reason that we're doing uh, today's episode on immigration is because, well, mainly it's influenced by a lot of the recent events going on recently with... Um, you know, the border issues with uh, families being separated and all that mumbo-jumbo, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, who started off last time? Um, we got to write that down. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I <laughs> we need to keep a tally chart. Yeah. Um, I think you should start. Because, all right. Well, yeah, last time we had Elizabeth. Start, That's true. And, yeah, yeah, she's left-wing, so yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So my position on immigration is that our immigration policy should more or less depend on, uh, um, labor markets within given periods. So in times of high demand for labor, but, uh, a low supply, we should be more liberal in our, uh, immigration policy, mm-hmm. but in times in which we have, uh, a higher supply, but a lower demand, we should be um, more conservative or restrictive. Now, that's just, the, that's just the baseline principle that I have. Of course, there are other factors that need to be taken into account. As it's like specialization uh, of certain labor markets and uh, um, other uh, economic factors like that. Um, mm-hmm. When I refer to immigration, I mainly refer to <clears throat> things like uh, visas and uh, temporary residence for uh, for working mainly. Um, as it pertains to citizenship, I think that we should be um, careful and strict in the manner as to, in in the manner of who we give citizenship to. And I think that right now we do a fairly good job at doing that. But okay. there are some, but there are some things that we can do uh, with our um, practice of naturalization, like uh, how we have um, we have uh, well, for one, we have a false notion of birthright citizenship um, to certain aliens. Okay, uh, and we also allow for dual citizenship in the country, which I don't think we should have. Okay. And I think that if someone revokes their citizenship, they should not be allowed to uh, uh, regain it thereafter. Okay. Um, so my view on immigration in general is that, like, yeah, I, I understand the, um, like, the shifting, uh, what you, what'd you call it? Like, Fluctuations in yeah. the labor market. Yeah, yeah. Fluctuation labor. Like, I agree with that. Um, I just feel like currently what we're doing with immigration, especially with um, illegal immigrants, is a bit too harsh. Um, I feel like, especially with the family separation policies. Um, <clears throat> another thing is that I feel like immigration should be we shouldn't be making it so difficult or we shouldn't be purposely barring people from entering the country. We also, there's also like 
many things such as like getting a green card that I have an issue with because like currently green card to be able to be eligible for a green tar- card you need to like was it live in the US for at least like six years up to like eight <clears throat> and that I don't I just don't understand why it has to be that long I feel like what we should be doing is instead of just like saying oh you don't have the correct documentation you're not allowed in they should be we should be giving immigrants the ability to prove themselves instead of just detaining them and giving them like a one hour hearing with the judge and like just kicking them out and I think that's that's just terrible and our thing is like with the current immigration um, detention centers uh, especially with the children that we've been hearing on the news of how like some people have been describing them as like concentration like status. Mm. Well, I feel like it's that, yeah, while even though there's a lot of illegal immigrants coming in, we should be doing a better job at caring for them. We should be doing a better job at helping them gain the services along that we should be making it easier for people who are coming in as illegals to be able to get the correct documentation. It's just instead of just like throwing them out. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's my two cents about that. Okay. Um, should I give a response to that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So, <clears throat> pertaining towards uh, like treatment of illegals, uh, mm-hmm. treatment of uh, illegal migrants, um, I would say that we treat them too well. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I don't. Well, first, I think that we can avoid the entire problem of having to uh, deal with legalities, um, like legal uh, scuffles uh, of illegal migrants by erecting physical barriers. Oh, you uh, want the wall. Are you seriously? You are one of those wall people. I'm a proponent of a border wall. (sighs) Cooper, do you know how much of a waste of money the wall would be? It's not. No, it's not necessarily a waste of money. (laughs) That's the tip. That is... (laughs) That is such an oh my god! Ladders. Have you never heard of ladders? Have Have you ever had you seen what the prototypes? Have you seen the okay? First of all, <laughs> South uh, South American migrants, I don't believe have access or oh, the proper really? proper you know usage to grappling hooks. Some people are willing to go to. Just I understand tun- people. What about underground tunnels? Okay, underground tunnels is a valid problem, uh, but the majority of people who do come here illegally don't come from underground tunnels. Okay, yeah, they come from families phys- from physically crossing the border. Yes, and they're coming. Their families coming in because they're escaping violence or they're finding asylum, which I think should mm, be granted. Not necessarily the case. Okay, that's not that's not always necessarily true. Many people uh, who claim asylum have fraudulent cases and don't necessarily and don't come here legally. They don't go to proper ports of entry. Um, okay. So, I mean, we've seen we've seen several news reports of families stuck at detention centers. Okay, but what what is that? What is that? Uh, so you're saying that? that like we should not be providing asylum to families? Uh, providing asylum for what? To families who unfortunately have to cross illegally. I mean. Instead of just saying no to everything illegal, maybe well, we if, if looking if, at their situation. Well, if if we if we want to grant them asylum, if they have a case for asylum, then they should go to a port of entry and apply for asylum legally, 
rather than uh, entering the country illegally. And for those who do come here legally uh, through a legal port of entry and uh, seek asylum, uh, there is a process that goes through with that uh, of, of um, looking into legal documentation of these people, uh, temporary detention in, uh, in, uh, in containment facilities. Uh, but the media has been rather dishonest in portraying that as the main living quarters for these um, uh, uh, refugee applicants and uh, illegal migrants. The, the, the fact of the matter is, and there are many articles on this, I read one from NPR re uh, relatively recently on uh, the living conditions that are actually provided uh, for, um, especially, especially for the children who uh, um, come here seeking asylum or come with uh, uh, through caravans or um, um, other means of coming here illegally. They're actually afforded very, really nice living conditions, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, what about the tent space that we've been hearing about? The tents? The tents, yeah. Uh, tents in the sweltering Arizona heat. In the I haven't summer. heard anything about tents. Uh, I've, I've Did you not heard... see the news reports? I heard, I saw news before, uh, reports portraying that they were in cages. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think the cages is a bit far. But, like, there have been actual video footage of kids in tents. Like, in those big industrial-sized tents. <clears throat> Um, literally no insulation at all, just out oh, in the open. Oh, I think, I don't know if those, I mean, it's, it's more likely that those tents are just holding, uh, like temporary holding, uh, I suppose really? temporary, temporary there holding been, facilities. I mean, Vice News has reported that there was one tent that was literally out there for like five months. I mean, I don't think that's very, I think if you call it temporary, I think that's a bit too long to be temporary. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen the, uh, device article and i'm not I, i've never heard about the whole tent situation until relatively recently until just now actually i mainly okay. heard about uh, the cages okay. which isn't necessarily true um but if if that is the case then that's unfortunate um that's that, just that, unfortunate that's well yeah it's unfortunate but there's not really i mean we only have such we have uh, only so many resources um towards uh, uh providing uh, to these uh, these asylum seekers, mm -hmm. that it, it's unfortunate that we have to resort to measures uh, in things in uh, like using tents to house them. There have but been as... reports of kids who have also died due to medical conditions mm -hmm. in detention centers, mm -hmm. and a lot of there's also been reports of kids not receiving proper treatment or proper food and water. Mm -hmm. Ever heard of that? I yeah, vaguely. I've heard of, I've heard okay. some stuff about that, and that's unfortunate. But but again, it's just whatever. I mean, we're only working with so many limited resources. Okay, then should and more we, and we, resources we don't... be diverted towards making sure that they're able to stay alive? Maybe, but as I said, Maybe. I think I th as I mean, yes, that could be a you could do that, but I think that'd be. Uh, more or less diagnosing a cure for a symptom rather than the actual disease. Um, I would say cut off the, uh, you know, cut off the, um, the flow of people who are coming here illegally, erecting physical barriers, um, allocating resources maybe towards improving the situation in those home countries. Perhaps that could be a better use of resources than, uh, 
um, I mean, the purpose of refu- the purpose of um, the, the notion of refugee status is that you're here temporarily until the political turmoil in your home country is resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that refugee status, uh, refugee policies have been adopted in, in uh, Europe and uh, had been in the United States, but they're being changed is that rather than focusing on uh, rather than uh, uh, seeing refugee status as temporary, uh, we see it as almost practically lifelong um, and all, uh, within the same status as a, per- a permanent residence or lifelong residence or uh, uh, visa or something like that. Um, but the United States and no country for that matter has the obligation to take care of this, uh, the citizens or the people of other countries. You know, the United States already has uh, so many problems as is we should be working to minimize um, any sort of liabilities uh, that we have the, we have a, a we should be minimizing sort of liability uh, that could be had on um, our infrastructure, our uh, caring capacity, um, our economic situation. And that unfortunately is going to have to include turning away people at the border. But that's just what has to happen. We do not have unlimited resources. We have problems in the United States that we need to take care of. And we don't have an obligation to take care of the problems of the rest of the world. We don't have an obligation to take care of refugees coming in from Latin America. Therefore, it's all right for us to deny them human rights. Uh, that's a misportrayal, I think. Well, uh, I feel it, like providing adequate shelter and proper hospitality should be one, a basic human right. Well, again, we do, pr- we do provide... <clears throat> um, we do in most cases, I believe we provide most cases. Why not all cases? cases? Well, because we don't have the proper resources for all cases. And, and so it's that's fine going to, to just so that, like, so just it's, let it's, some it's, people suffer. Well, suffer. Well, remember Terry, suffering is not, uh, I, well, I guess you could say for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that we don't have, uh, I've said this many times before, but we don't have unlimited resources in order to give to those who uh, we're not allocating enough resources to, we have to wake, take away from those uh, who do. And so they're suffering in that process. Uh, sure, it's more of an equal, uh, equalization, I suppose, but it's not necessarily, um, wouldn't necessarily be a sustainable practice in providing um, proper conditions for all these people. Because the uh, the uh, we provide, we have a sort more or less a baseline um, that we're supposed to, a baseline. Um, what's the word? It's not in the phrase that I'm looking for. Isn't necessarily coming to me right now. But the the point that I'm trying to make is that um, in order for those to have, in order for those to have um, proper living conditions. Uh, those who arrived a bit late to the a bit late to the party are going to be uh, deprived of those resources because they're already being allocated towards others. And I think that provide that uh, equalizing the allocation of resources um, towards uh, 
the various uh, um, groups of people that are coming here uh, only creates a greater incentive for people to come here. And that's just going to lead to a greater equalization of resources until it's the resources get so slim that barely anyone has anything. And now everyone suffers. And I don't think that's a very preferable alternative either. All right. Um, I want to steer this conversation now to the current child separation issues that have been going on. Um, specifically towards the court order um, mandating that the Trump administration begin returning children to their families. Um, I, well, I don't understand why was this program put in place in the very beginning? Why are we even separating kids in the beginning? Uh, well, again, the media has portrayed this uh, zero tolerance policy as rather, uh, rather poorly uh, mm-hmm. and in a, very, in a very biased matter. Okay. Uh, the zero tolerance policy um, that Trump put into place, uh, though that is not nece- that's not even necessarily a proper way of phrasing it, um, because the zero, the zero tolerance policy is just the law that Congress established a couple decades prior. Okay. And the president, the executive, uh, ha- has the power and it is his role in the federal government to enforce laws that have been passed by the legislature it's not his job to selectively enforce laws that he uh does and does not like um i thought i i actually thought it was pretty smart at first for uh trump to start enforcing the zero tolerance policy because it would i, th- I thought that it would have put congress in a um a uh a p a, a, a bad um bad media coverage towards congress uh, mm-hmm. and would have put them it would have put them in a pr situation in which they would have been um pushed into a corner uh so that they would basically be forced to um uh provide funding for the border wall in exchange for um in addition to ending the zero tolerance policy it would it would basically okay. it would have it would have uh, re-sparked a uh, congressional uh, discussion on immigration okay. policy. Well, uh, anyway, back and, oh, to the and, children? Oh, yeah, back to the children. So the practice of, I suppose you can say, family separation uh, has been going on for many administrations. It happened under the Obama administration as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, the, you had reporters when, who were, when they were first reporting on this case uh, they had photos of kids in cages mm-hmm. and, uh, and they were like attributing these to Trump, but it had actually turned out that those photos had been taken under the Obama administration. Uh, really? Yeah. So th- this has been going on for a long time. And I would argue as long, along with many other people would argue that this is a necessary practice for the safety of um, this is necessary are... to separate children. Oh yes, absolutely. Because look, so what would you what would you say as, uh, what would you provide as an alternative um, alternative uh, uh, I suppose you can say an alternative solution to uh, the process of uh, separation of um, adult and child migrants? I don't understand why we're separating kids in the first place. I mean, okay, okay, oh. hold on. Mm-hmm. We've seen news reports or we've seen videos of what's been happening to these children. They're being trauma. They're literally being traumatized. 
when they're mm-hmm. separated from their parents. These kids, remember, these kids are like six to eight years old or even younger. I mean, there might be a few older ones, but still, they're being separated. There was this one family who was detained at, um, you know, near Texas. The child was separated, sent all the way to Brooklyn. Okay? Mm-hmm. The mom currently has no way of getting her kid back. They FaceTime each other every day and cry every day. And what I don't understand is why we have to separate them in the first place instead of, I mean, wouldn't it be better for their mental health just to return them back to their parents instead of sending them to a foster home? Well, they'll probably stay there for the, their entire life until they're 18, sent out into the streets, have no, become, continue to become traumatized, continue to have no social life, and probably end up on the streets. That's what I don't understand. Well, that, that's also a bit of a misrepresentation of what actually happens. But l- let me ask you a question. Okay. Uh, do you, would you say, Terry, that uh, temporary, such, uh, temporary uh, separation is less traumatizing of an experience than, say, human trafficking? Oh, okay. Would, would you agree with that, that statement that human trafficking is more traumatizing than uh, separation from your parents for a given period of months? Okay. All right. Go on. Because that actually happened under the Obama administration. Because okay. we weren't in, because we weren't properly enfor- uh, enforcing a family separation policy. The the, the point of family separation is that uh, so say you have um, uh, an adult male and a uh, a female child coming to the border. Uh, let's say they go to a port of entry. Let's say they do it properly. Uh, they need to go. Th- they need to have basically. Uh, background checks on them, where they came from. They need to uh, make sure that the, uh, the man is actually a relative of, um, of the child because human trafficking is a big problem. And you have many uh, uh, families in South and Central America which literally sell, uh, like, uh, sell their kids uh, to these human traffickers so that they can get them to the border. And a lot of the times these, uh, um, these children are sold into uh, human trafficking, sex slavery. I mean, Los Angeles already has a big human trafficking problem, as is, which isn't necessarily talked about, but it's, it's, it's certainly happening. And so in order to properly vet these people, you need to have a temporary separation period so that we don't have uh, people, uh, so that we don't have... Um, human traffickers claiming to have children uh, coming into the country and uh, pu- uh, putting these children, uh, f- forcing these children to face uh, traumatizing experiences. Uh, I have an article here from... Um, okay, and what I don't understand is if the parents get rejected from the border, they're not seeing their kid again. They don't have contact. I mean, they barely even have contact with their kid again. You know, what, do you do about- what do you do about that? In the case that, what instance are you talking about? I'm talking about that... several million instances where the parents were rejected from the border when, when they were um, separate from the child. The child was sent to a foster home out somewhere where they don't know. And they can't, they, they're going to have a really hard time getting their kid back. Mm-hmm. I don't understand, well, why do we have to continue to separate them even when they are rejected from the border? Oh, yeah. I agree, I agree with you totally there. That's okay. I don't agree. I think that uh, both of them should be sent back in that case. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. I don't agree. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I, th- I think that's just a reflection on how uh, 
our immigration isn't it's not organized very well and okay. how we have the wrong uh, mindset i suppose um another thing is you know like another thing another part of this family separation policy is that there have been instances where kids well the parents don't consent to their kids being separated but they're forced to do so and because of that when their kids so young they're sent away to traumatize and there have been there have been several videos where they're reunited at the airport, but when the kid sees his mom, he doesn't even recognize her. Do you know how heartbreaking that is? I imagine it's very heartbreaking, but I don't consider it as heartbreaking as something like human trafficking. Okay, so if, if but... that's a, if that's a necessary uh, preventative measure, then I would support that. Okay. Um... So I want to, since we're getting a bit short on time, um, I just want to quickly talk about DACA. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about that? DACA. Uh, Keep it short and sweet. Is an unconstitutional program, and it okay. ought to be, and uh, Trump was right to overturn it. Okay. And the decision of various Hawaiian, uh, I believe it was Hawaiian, uh, um, Hawaiian judges who I believe it was a Hawaiian judge who mm-hmm. yeah, it extended was. the yeah yeah he's wrong okay so when parents bring their kids to the U.S. I'm understanding that the kids who are raised in the U.S. are fairly patriotic they're very American mm. I don't do you have doubts about that? I have ext- I have very very big really? doubts. About that. Really? 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 Mm-hmm. Why? Just because in every single uh news fo- every all news footage both uh cable and independent uh news footage that I've seen of DACA rallies in which we have uh DACA um uh people under DACA protesting uh its uh, uh suspension or its uh, its being revoked. Not one of them have ever had an American flag that I've seen. They've all been waving. Just because they don't have an American. Are you kidding me, Cooper? Well, 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 Terry, you said that they're fairly patriotic. I, I yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they are. But okay, just well, because, flying the Mexican well, flag see, and claiming to be an American patriot is kind of what about kind of goes the, against. Okay, itself. then what about the March for Our Lives? What about the women's marches? What about that? I mean, do you see crazy amounts of American flags there? I don't think so. It's mainly oh no, because was, they're they're on American too. Oh, for fuck's sake, okay, we'll talk. Jeez, we'll talk about that later. But for fuck's sake, man! <laughs> God damn it, Cooper. Okay, what I'm saying is that there have been reports where we have DACA recipients who are in the U.S. military. They're not sure if they can even serve anymore. They want to serve, but they aren't, they're not sure if they can serve anymore because they have their DACA. They had their DACA status removed, and now it's in limbo. But what I don't understand is that you literally have a kid raised in the U.S. I don't understand why you just, like, just... They've been born in the U.S., or they've been brought here at a very young age. They've been raised with American values, American society. And just because their parents were here illegally, you got to kick them out. I don't understand the point of that. Well... It should also be noted that by virtue of their parents coming here illegally, they also subsequently were here illegally. Um, now, in, in regards to the argument that uh, 
they have grown up in American society and American culture uh, and that they are that they identify as Americans themselves, which is a notion that I disagree that I. Uh, you don't consider question. them na- like normal Americans. Uh, well, they probably will act American, but I don't necessarily I, I question do you whether think they, they have any do you think they of... have any like, oh, so you think they're like they have loyalties to like a different country? Is that what you're saying? That, yeah, in a sense. Yeah? yeah, you know, Cooper. I mean, oh, look, Terry, I look at footage of uh, DACA, of, of DACA, um, people who are protected under DACA in the streets protesting and they're waving the flag of Mexican flags of Mexico. They're waving Honduran flags. Are you kidding? They're, no, that. No, that no. You you look at the or at least the footage that I've seen from both from multiple uh, media sources. OK. And I don't I, the, the only American flags that I see are uh, very tiny and are uh, very much drowned, uh, drowned out by the large Mexican flags that are waved. So I don't necessarily, I don't, I question the notion that they have any sort of, that they have any allegiance to the country uh, or any sort of uh, association with an American identity. But if they were, that would be an argument against amnesty. Because if they are not citizens, which they are not because they're under this, they're under DACA protection. Okay. And they are American in all capacities, in behavior, in values, in identity, then they should be able to become, then they should uh, have to go through the process of becoming citizens just like everyone else. Even that though, okay. That doesn't excuse them from having to go through the naturalization process. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're already naturalized by living a majority of their lives in the U.S., I can't think no, of anything not, more that, naturalized than that. That's not how we conduct naturalization policy. All right. Well, let me... Okay, well, we're nearing the end of the episode. And I just want to end off... Wow, uh, this might... I want to give you an example. There's this... I don't follow this guy on YouTube or like subscribe to him, but... I've heard the story of this guy called David Dobrik. Have you heard of him? David Dobrik? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not familiar. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I'm pre- um, he's your family immigrate here um, illegally. Uh, I don't think it's from Israel, but it's from – they didn't – they immigrated to the U.S. illegally. And – he came here, fortunately, as a young kid, and DACA was being put in place. He has made a successful living off of YouTube, becoming a very successful channel with millions of followers. Um, and he's seen as a role model by a lot of young kids. Uh, last year, there was a YouTube convention in Australia, and he couldn't go to it to meet all his fans because since DACA was in limbo, he could have been deported or like he couldn't, he wouldn't have been allowed into the U.S. at the airport when he came back. So what I don't understand is do you consider that type of, I don't understand why someone like him who is raised mainly in the U.S. could be as American as you can be, would be considered not an American or and is considered an illegal alien. That's why I don't understand. All right. That's uh it's valid, I suppose. Yeah. 
Um, you got a closing so for argument? My, yes, for my closing argument. So um, I would – I suppose the, the way that I would describe – the current immigration crisis that we have on uh, the southern border is being highly politicized by those in the media, by those in Washington. Um, these practices that we have been mentioning have been going on for years and no one in Wash and no one in uh, the media or Washington ever uh, had as much of a response to the, uh, to these, um, to these policies as they are now because it's convenient to do so under the Trump administration. Um, Of course, we never look at cases like uh, this month in January, um, a Polish man who lived in the United States ever since he was a, a child when he came here in 1978. He was deported uh, because of two uh, minor offenses that he committed um, in, his, in his teenage years, one of which was uh, expunged from his criminal record, but uh, was still uh, uh, viable for he was still viable for deportation because of it uh he had his permanent residence revoked uh lived in the country all his life he was deported back to poland uh he can be considered as american uh though we didn't have nearly as much media coverage on this man as we do on uh, uh, the situation in the southern border because it's not necessarily politically expedient to um bat to a although you think do you think it was all right to deport him uh, I mean, yeah, he... I'd say so. Okay, I'd say right. so. Um, I mean, it, it, it's the law, so I'm glad that the law was enforced. But uh, I, I'd say that he, yeah, he should have been deported. Okay. Um, yeah, we all hesitation did... there. I don't know if you're gonna like say no because he was Polish. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't. I don't. I don't regard uh, myself as. Poland and Polish in any sense of culture or identity. Uh, um, it's just a region of ethnic origin. Okay. Um, we, we, of course, we also have those who um, in the media and in Washington who bash ICE. We have recently had for calls to abolish ICE, though I'd much rather deport us. Uh, uh, I'd much rather abolish, uh, say, something like I don't know the EPA before we abolish ICE. <laughs> Jeez, okay. We have a we have a, we have a we have a million other alphabet organizations that we can be abolishing, um, but rather we would focus on, uh, those in the media and in Washington would focus on ICE because it's politically expedient, um, despite the fact that um, ICE has taken action that would seem to be in line with their values, like removing the last uh, known Nazi. Uh, who uh, actual Nazi, like an actual National Socialist uh, member of the National Socialist German Workers Party, who took part in uh, the genocide of six million Jews and Slavs? Um, he was deported from the U.S. Uh, just a couple uh, just a couple months ago by ICE. So, a lot of the outrage, I believe, that is um, caused by that is that is rising from this immigration problem. Um, I think that that many, most people are genuine in their sentiments, but they are misguided by what is told what is told to them by uh, cable media, talking heads, pundits, and uh, and those who uh, the bureaucrats and uh, uh, 
snakes in Washington. Uh, so, which, which I believe is a, another uh, argument against the democratic process is how uninformed and emotionally uh, irrational people are. So I would just say to those, uh, to those listening, I would just say research, uh, look into uh, events that have been going on, form your own opinion. Don't just uh, follow the talking heads on cable media. Um, yeah, I suppose that's all I would say on the last I'd say on the matter. All righty. Well, I would tell listeners, always keep an open mind and look at all reports and all options and filter out ones that may seem false. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to this episode about immigration. Uh, let's see. Next week's episode, if I pull up the schedule here. Well, hmm. Let's see. Next week's episode is um, currently in the works when it comes to scheduling because we might get a special guest. Maybe we might not get a special guest. I don't know. But if we do get the special guest on, it's going to be, a. I would say it will be a great episode. Um, one of our best. So anyway, thanks for listening. Cooper, do you have anything else to say? Uh, no. All righty. Uh, So yeah, thank you for listening. Have a great day.